Well, thank you for being with us on the Jimbo Hannon Show tonight at one eight six six five O Jimbo, one eight six six five O five four six two six, and online uh, you'll find us at JimboTalk.net. And uh, we are broadcasting tonight from the studios of our uh, fine affiliate News Talk fourteen hundred WDWS in Champaign, Illinois, just uh, right on the edge of the campus of the Fighting Illini. And uh, boy, what a, a a tremendous reception I got this evening! I mean, half the staff must have been here tonight. It was amazing. Uh, the general manager is here, uh, Mike Hale. Uh, technician Ed Bond has kept this all going uh, very well. Uh, Carol Varell, uh, the morning news anchor, uh, and I remember her from our years uh, together on the Illinois News Broadcasters Association board, uh, longer than I would even care to, to admit since Carol doesn't look like she's been around that long. Uh, and, of course, the, the legendary Paul Davis, uh, my chauffeur tonight. You owe me five bucks, Mike, for, <laughs> for referring to that. This is really funny. Paul is one of the, the great journalists of our time, uh, one of the few people ever to be president of both the Society of Professional Journalists and the uh, uh, Radio Television News Directors Association, back when that was its name. Today it's the Radio Television Digital News Association. Uh, news director for many years at uh, WGN, the uh, uh, superstation based in Chicago. And uh, as I say, he has uh, been and done an awful lot of things in this racket. And, uh, Paul, it's good to have you on. Thank you, Jim. It's great to have you here in Champaign. Absolutely. And, and, and it was so gracious of you to agree. Paul had heard that I was coming here, and, and I didn't know that he had uh, gravitated back to his old stomping ground. Wanted to get together. My schedule here is so tight that I said, basically, it'll, uh, you'll have to be around me when I'm eating, sleeping, talking, or moving. And he said, well, and I'll be your chauffeur. <laughs> well, it's worked out fine so it far. It has worked out very fine. Uh, we so have far. to talk about your hours, though. We do, yes. They are a little <laughs> obscene, I must confess. But uh, there's a big tip in this for you. I'm going to appreciate that. So uh, in any event, but anyway, thanks uh, certainly to, uh, to WDWS and, and wonderful hospitality. Uh, provided wonderful support. This is the model, uh, the gold standard for how an affiliate should handle remotes. And we may... We may just simply hold this over the heads of all other affiliates. If I could add to that, Jim, Please. this station and WJBC in Bloomington mm -hmm. are the two strong news operations in Illinois that have not fired everybody, that have a competent, complete staff and do news on all of their products. They've got three stations that come out of this building, and it's a quality operation that believes in their news presence and their credibility and they defend it and make it happen every day. What a concept. Uh, not universally true. And I know the economics have not always been great uh, for radio in recent years, and many radio stations, I don't suppose, have ever fully recovered from the Great Recession. Having said that, I think in some cases that's a cop-out. Don't you? Yeah. You know, the industry used to be required to do a certain amount of news uh, under the, the days of the FCC rules and the Fairness Communications Act of 1934. Yeah, as amended. As very amended, yes. <laughs> and when that uh, onus was lifted, a lot of stations said, okay, we won't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not every station in a 12-station market needs to do a lot of news, but some stations are committed to do news, and I'm very... Happy that I live in a community that has one of those stations. You should be happy, and quite frankly, uh, you should feel fortunate because there are, are many areas where that is is not the case. Give us your thoughts, and, and I know a few people, frankly, more qualified to give these thoughts. Your thoughts on the state of broadcast journalism today. 
I watched my product, I, I can't say my product anymore, the product I was associated with in Chicago, mm -hmm. and I'm very proud of WGN TV. As I think you should I think be. there's a great deal of quality up there under their news director leader of uh, Greg Caputo. Uh, I see a lot of products around the country that I really like. And then I see stations that really quite haven't quite got it anymore. A lot of them are canceling their news wires. They have some other small system, but it really doesn't support them. A lot of the stations are doing this simple, uh, cheap news that has no impact on me. As you may know, Jim, my mother was a small market radio news person. I didn't know that, Zona actually. B. Davis. It was on the air and from the time she was 49 until she was 72. She was an incredible storyteller. And she watched my news. Uh, she only lived 70 miles away, and I was on Channel 3 at the time. Here in uh, this area. Here in this area. And she called up one night, and she said, Well, son, I watched you doing the news tonight. And I, of course, was quite well, proud to yeah, say, yeah. Yes, mother, of course. And she says, Well, you told me about a lot of towns I've never been in, and you told me about a lot of people I'll never meet, but you didn't tell me why I should care. Oh! So if you ask me what's missing in much news today it's they haven't figured out stories to tell me so that i understand why i should care mm -hmm. I, i've heard uh, a lot of complaints about the type of stories that are covered and excuses for what i think in many cases might be pandering uh, to the audience uh, some of it uh, to try and lower that proverbial demographic the the, the worship of uh, of uh, young people you know the ones without the disposable income but uh, beyond that, uh, it seems to me that the problem with a lot of stories you hear on, on the air or see on TV is not that the, the coverage of the story it, it shouldn't be done, but it should be done in an interesting manner. And if you really, literally can't figure out how to do it in an interesting manner, that could say something about the newsworthiness of that story. You're either wrong or you don't know your business. <laughs> well, yes, those are the unfortunate <laughs> options. But good storytellers can make almost anything. Uh, the classic example, I think, for good storytelling, uh, well, two of them, really, Paul Harvey and Charles Osgood. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine that either one of them, you could give them as an exercise the the most dull, boring possible story, and uh, certainly Charles Osgood would, and in his day, Paul Harvey would, have made it interesting. I think Roger Mudd had that ability yes, I also, would agree. who many people don't remember anymore. But the thing about it is, we pick a lot of the wrong stories, and we don't look at the story to say, how can I make this of use to a viewer or a radio listener? And therefore, the story isn't of any use to me. I, I, when I wake up and watch a morning news insert on a, a station, and they're all about over-the-weekend shootings and car wrecks, none of that has an impact on me unless I was in the store that got robbed at the time. Yeah. And I, I want stories that mean something to me. Mm -hmm. And those are harder to do, and so they're... The easy way out is to not do those, just to yeah. do the car wrecks. And, and, of course, then there are the process stories, which often, really at their core, are of great interest and importance, if done right. But you get off into this uh, a, a subcommittee of the House today passed the so-and-so, which will now go to full committee, which will now go to conference committee. Well, in the 70s, we used to uh, deal with that here by calling it humanization. We would find someone whose life was being affected by the issue and build the story around them. Mm -hmm. That became so common 
people got tired of that. In fact, I've been known to say to my friends, I don't have enough tears anymore to watch that many stories. <laughs> True. You can't overdo it, but at least make an effort to try and put it in a way that means something to people, because process for most of us, uh, the uh, Supreme Court overturning an appellate court, which overturned a lower court, I mean, that doesn't really talk to people. I mean, if, if in fact uh, if something dramatic happened, then say so. The Supreme Court today knocked down police barricades and wherever, or whatever uh, the story may be. Good writing solves a lot of the problems of broadcast journalism. Hang my mother's comment on the wall in every newsroom. It says, why should I care? Tell me why I should care. Mm -hmm. You know. More to come. I want to continue uh, talking with uh, with Paul Davis again, one of the genuine veterans of broadcast journalism, uh, and uh, a man, as I say, a practitioner, a, a teacher, a manager. Uh, he's covered this from all sides, and as you hear tonight, uh, also as a consumer, he uh, he is uh, genuinely uh, an eclectic uh, broadcast journalist. Good thing he paid his eclectic bill. One eight six six five zero Jimbo. Back in a moment. Do you live with stress? If you have nervousness or common everyday anxiety, we're looking for you. Because right now we're sending risk-free supplies of a fast-acting supplement to listeners of this station. You heard right. Every listener who calls right now will learn how to get a risk-free bottle of Stress Block, a naturally derived formula that promotes feelings of calmness, alertness, and focus in just moments. Supplies for this risk-free offer are limited, so don't wait. Just call 1-800-501-0838. Stress Block is a fast-acting, non-prescription formula to support relaxation without causing drowsiness. Your nervousness is guaranteed to begin fading like magic in just minutes. This special risk-free offer is for listeners of this station, but it won't last. Call us now for this exclusive Stress Block risk-free offer. Just call 1-800-501-0838. That's 1-800-501-0838. Call 1-800-501-0838. Ladies and gentlemen, Captain Obvious. If you're carrying emotional baggage, that's not considered a carry-on, so you won't have to pay extra. If a dog pees on your sandcastle, I'd start a new sandcastle. If you want to spend less on a hotel, keep listening by utilizing your ears. Get up to 30% off hotels during the 4th of July sale. Hurry and book by July 4th for travel by July 9th. Hotels.com, the obvious choice. At last, Nexium, the purple pill, is available without a prescription for frequent heartburn. See those women drinking their iced mocha whatevers? Now they have Nexium level protection. That guy struggling to text and eat soup at the same time? Him too. Introducing Nexium 24 Hour, the protection of the number one prescribed acid blocking brand, just without the prescription. New Nexium 24 Hour, Nexium level protection, now in the heartburn aisle. May take one to four days. Use as directed to treat frequent heartburn, not for immediate relief. I commute from Schenectady to Manhattan. It's about a six-hour round trip, but it's cool. My family loves Schenectady, and I love books on tape. It's a lot of time to spend driving alone. On the other hand, Schenectady is really close to the highway, so... Life is a long drive. Make sure your car is along for the ride. Mobile Super Motor Oil is formulated to help prevent sludge and protect against wear. Mobile Super for long engine life. Gold Bond presents Shaquille O'Neal. So I'm hanging out with my Gold Bond buddies, and they're like, Shaq, Shaq, great job with the Gold Bond powder spray. People love it. So I'm soaking in the good vibes, kicking off my shoes. Next thing I know, they're coming out with a new foot powder spray. Boom. 
Shaq strikes again. Gold Bond No Mess Powder Spray cools and refreshes your body. And new Gold Bond Foot Powder Spray has two times the odor-absorbing powders to do the same for your feet. Stay cool with Gold Bond. Thanks for being with us on the Jimbo Hannon Show at one 560 jimbo one 866 Veteran broadcast journalist Paul Davis is in studio with me tonight as we broadcast from the studios of WDWS Radio in Champaign, Illinois, 1400 on the dial, and uh, a mighty fine station. I have uh, over 500 stations around the country which carry one or more of my shows, and uh, I love them all, but I must say that they are not all created equal. And uh, there are some which really do a stellar job of covering their community, and this would be one of those stations. And uh, we're talking with Paul Davis about a variety of issues that uh, relate to uh, how the story is told and uh, what stories are told. Uh, we were joking earlier tonight uh, about how remarkable it is uh, that every hour on the hour, there is precisely five minutes of news, not not four, not six. Three and a half, really. Uh, or, or these days, yeah, three and a half if you include the commercials. But uh, but it's remarkable. And, of course, obviously that points to the of necessity, arbitrary nature of story selection. It does. And I think one of the problems I have as a viewer, and I do want to say some positive things, but you're, you're pointing me in another direction here, right. uh, is this, some of the, uh, especially the cable channels, have narrowed their playlist of stories so that they're spending, in my judgment, far too much time on any story within a period of time because most cable viewing is not done for an entire afternoon or an entire morning. You go in for 30 or 40 minutes and you go out and same as you do with morning drive radio. So if you give me only one or two stories, as they're doing now on CNN particularly, it drives me crazy. I think it's a poor decision on their part. Yeah, uh, I, I must confess, I'm glad to know that, that some stories uh, just have apparently been resolved. Apparently the, uh, the Nigerian schoolgirls are no longer missing. Apparently we have found Flight 370. No, they just disappear. <laughs> I see. Uh, th there's a word in, in broadcast journalism which unfortunately is an Achilles heel. I think it's called follow-up. If a story is big initially, we will swarm, gang tackle the daylights out of it, and then all of a sudden... Slam, bam, thank you, ma'am. We're out of there. Well, CNN, which chose to own the story of they the Flight 370, <laughs> still does an occasional follow-up. And uh, it's been difficult because they've suspended everything for the summer for really two to three months. So there's not much that can be said right now. Uh, but I think that's a problem, and I don't know the cure to it other than if the ratings drop, maybe that'll work. Now, may I yeah, please tell you about two things I really like, and in. they both happen to be CBS products. Mm -hmm. Sunday morning, at 9 o'clock Eastern, for an hour and a half, presents some of the best television news in the industry. Agreed. And one of the things that still is carried forward from the day it was created by Shad Northshield of CBS in New York is he wanted audio to be the primary device to tell the longer story. Mm -hmm. So if you listen to that show, you'll hear incredibly good sound on everything, including the closing shot of the birds chirping or the, the deers fawning or whatever. You can listen to that show, not even see the picture. Yeah. That was the design of the... And I think the story selection for that show is wonderful. I happen to think the same thing. Uh, I suppose 60 Minutes 
uh, although they they seem to drive off the bridge once in a while, and I don't care as much for it as I used to, mm -hmm. but uh, you know it's still quality quality product. But the CBS uh, Morning News that runs Monday through Friday yes. has become, I think, the best daily news program on television. So here I am spouting all of these praises for CBS, which is the station, the network I was closely affiliated with for 20 years in this market. Mm -hmm. But I think it is the best that we've got going. Is the public fair toward broadcast, or for that matter, any type of journalism? We hear about uh, people uh, wanting to shoot the messenger of bad tidings. In point of fact, it is often our job to report bad tidings. In fact, I think it was Walter Cronkite who famously observed it's news if a cat is stuck in a tree. It's not news if a thousand other cats weren't stuck in a tree that day. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's, I think we've got a divided nation in many ways. Politically, you've got news viewers who only want to watch Fox News because that suits their political Well, it, it validates their viewpoint. Exactly. And you've got ones who only want to watch MSNBC because it supports their political point of view, and CNN struggles to be in the center, but neither the people who watch the other shows believe CNN is in the middle. You know? Yes. <laughs> oh, it's very true. It is technically possible, of course, these days to, to get news tailor-made to you. In fact, I, I'm surprised somebody hasn't done this, and, and that is to say that you, uh, you simply go to a website and you put in, uh, uh, okay, Paul Davis, uh, your main interests are, uh, your viewpoints on those interests are, you're for this, you're against that. Well, that's... And, and then the Paul Davis newscast can be delivered to you every day. That's nearly uh, what's happening. What you have now are people who are able to load their computer in with sweeps and searches so that the stories they care about come. That means that they don't see a lot of other stories that they probably should see as an informed citizen, and that's a big, big problem. The bigger problem is that young people no longer graduate from uh, the Twitters and, uh, and the, yes. the, the simple 147-character transmissions. They're staying with that. They're not even going to Facebook. They're not going to news online. They're not going to broadcast radio or television. And so now we have a group of citizens up to close to 30 years old average who pay no attention to news. And that's a dangerous thing. Very dangerous. Very dangerous thing. It is. A lot of people, I think, are of the opinion that uh, it's an automatic, that we're a free society. It's sort of like our birthright, and there doesn't have to be any stoking of the fire, any any tending of that. No, in fact, uh, it's quite possible for this country to lose our, our free governance if we don't pay attention to things such as a well-informed citizenry. It could happen here. Uh, the movie in the book Seven Days in May, uh, it could happen here. And, and we, we treat these things as a, well, hey, we're the United States of America. That'll never happen here. And I really care about these three things, and I don't care about all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. So don't give me any of that other stuff. Don't yeah. make me pour through a newspaper to find things I'm interested in. And, oh, by the way, I might happen to see a story that catches my eye that I hadn't thought about. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs>
not uh, again. Uh, we become so so interactive and so reflective of well, not just uh, personal taste, but but whim. I think would be a better word. That uh, to a certain extent, the the tail is wagging the dog. In fact, I will say something that that may not make me popular, but I will say it and I will mean it. I miss gatekeepers. I think that the, the role of the journalist, when in fact there was no internet, there were no infinite number of websites, the role of the journalist, I think, was well served by those of us who were gatekeepers. And I can hear the, the cries of elitist, but I stand by that. Do you? I, I don't disagree at all. But I don't know what to do about it in this new age of information. With this technology, I don't think there's anything that we can no. do about it. I really, I really don't. Um, but what have we done to cause people to not have broader interests? Mm, we haven't uh, exposed them to a lot of things. Uh, that, that would be part of it. Uh, there used to be things, for example, uh, required courses as opposed to electives that would open up doors to you. Uh, I know any number of interests of mine were, were sometimes forced on me initially. And then later I said, gee, you know, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> Uh, sometimes I think we are so busy catering to to every passing whim that we don't we don't serve ourselves well. Well, we'll we'll come back and and, and talk some more here because I, just, I haven't had a chance to to pick Paul Davis's brain in quite a while. And as you can hear, there's, there's and you wait till the middle of the night to do it. <laughs> well, absolutely. Well, no, the, the, the timing just so happened to work out, but that's okay. Remember, it's always bright and early somewhere. And on Guam, uh, you're you're in morning drive, uh, and we have an affiliate on Guam, by the way. So there, more to come on Good the Jim Bohannon show. Yes, sir. And we'll be back in just a moment. Fighting Illini football, men's and women's basketball, volleyball, and baseball are all here on News Talk 1400, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Hi, I'm Dan Holder, co-founder of Rudy Holden Associates. Returns come with risk. Theoretically, the greater the risk, the higher the returns. Studies have shown that owning individual stocks or individual stock funds can add risk to a portfolio without increasing returns. Studies have also shown that diversification can increase returns to a portfolio without increasing risk. Our investment portfolios are patterned using the three-factor methodology created by Eugene Fama of the University of Chicago Booth School of Business and Ken French of the Dartmouth College Tuck Business School. Incorporating a variety of low-cost index funds into a portfolio can increase diversification not only within each asset class, but among all asset classes. Has your advisor discussed diversification with you? If not, please call Dan Holder at 356-1400. I would be happy to meet with you to discuss your current portfolio allocation. Ahoy there, Buccaneer! Shivery Timbers, it's Lake Schaefer in Indiana Beach, straight ahead! The Pirates of Lake Schaefer are coming June 21st weekend, and we can't stop them! Come to Indiana Beach and look for buried treasure. Find me, booty, sea dog! Plus, we've got loads of pirate games to fill the boardwalk. There's more than corn in Indiana at the sensational, <laughs> 
Caribbean captain and get a free picture with a pirate. Smile, matey. The Pirates of Lake Schaefer, June 21st weekend. Indiana Beach on the beautiful shores of Lake Schaefer in Monticello, Indiana. CBS News Update, I'm Jim Shenevy. U.S. Special Forces were used to grab a prime suspect in the 2012 Benghazi-Libya consulate attack that left the U.S. ambassador and three other Americans dead. Ahmed Abu Hatala was grabbed without a shot fired and reportedly was being interrogated on board a U.S. ship. Abu Hatala had been living openly in Libya and was even featured in interviews done by CNN and the Associated Press. That prompted questions as to why it took so long to grab him. Pentagon spokesman Admiral John Kirby. The presumption in the question is that is that, you know, he was going to McDonald's for milkshakes every Friday night, and we could have just picked, picked him up in a taxi cab. And it is presumed that Abu Hatala will be brought to the U.S. for trial. CBS News legal consultant Andrew Cohen. One irony here is that this man is going to be brought to relatively swift justice in the United States, while men like Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and Ramzi bin al-Sheib, who allegedly killed thousands on American soil nearly 13 years ago, are still perhaps years away from being tried by military tribunal. CBS News Update, I'm Jim Chenevay. You're listening to the Jimbo Hannon Show from Westwood One uh, because, uh, hey, I mean, because you know how to party on a Tuesday night. That's why you're listening to us, I'm sure. And maybe because you'd like to be informed as well. Well, I would hope that it's the latter. Although if you uh, derive enjoyment, well, heck, that's part of why we're here as well. We're talking to Paul Davis, veteran uh, journalist and uh, I use that with a capital J, a man who's been very active in the various journalistic organizations. As I say, very few people have been president of both the National Society of Professional Journalists and what was at the time the Radio Television News Directors Association. You're uh, familiar with the name Bill Small, who is I know Bill very well. Powerful the, executive with most, CBS one News of the during most the Nixon warm years. and cuddly people oh, I've ever no, met. No, that's not the <laughs> <laughs> that's not the one. But he's no, an it incredible isn't. guy. Yes, but he is. oddly enough, as different as Bill and I are, we're the three we're the per, two people who've been president of those two organizations and the Illinois News Broadcasters Association. Interesting. <laughs> that is, uh, I was not aware of the third part of the triad there. Now, something that I think we might want to talk about in terms of the media, and that is this capability. Today, when something hits the fan blades uh, and we have to swarm a story, uh, boy, can we. Yes. Uh, there is no doubt that when something really important hits, you're going to get it from every possible news source. You're going to get audio on radio. You're going to get great video on television and cable. And they're now starting to figure out that you go on television ch channels for a while, but then at some point you put it mostly on cable. And for most people that's okay, although there's still a considerable number of rural people that do not have a cable television, so they rely on the over-the-air channels. Yeah. Uh, one thing about uh, continuous coverage, and I've done a lot of continuous coverage. I remember the Hanafi Muslim siege. I may have set some kind of Guinness record. I anchored coverage of that takeover of three buildings in Washington from 10 a.m. the morning it started till 7 a.m. the following morning, 21 consecutive hours of coverage. Repeat yourself often? Well, that was a little bit of a problem. <laughs> Once you commit to continuous coverage, then there is the view that, well, we're into continuous coverage. We can't back out now. And often the commitment is made when you may know two or three things. 
And, and that's all you know. And so you must repeat those two or three things over and over, presumably in new and fresh ways, without wallowing in idle speculation. And that, folks, again, I, I'm, I can tell you as a practitioner, that's hard to do uh, and, and do well. And, and that is something that I wish that we could do, is simply commit to continuous coverage and then say, you know what? Nothing new has happened, but you know where to turn the minute something does, but we're going to tell you about other things happening in the world now. I'm for that. I'm really for that. Yeah. Also, I would like to ask you a bit about the, uh, the tremendous electronic toys today. I mean, you know, anybody with a smartphone in the middle of the Gobi Desert, you know, if you can get a, get a signal through, uh, you're something you can shoot video and send do it. Anything you can do. Send it over a phone line. You don't have to have any of the stuff I used to have to have to send a signal from somebody. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, people who don't know about the, back in my day, Yeah. I mean, sometimes the stuff that was considered portable was if you were pretty big and strong, and only then. And the portables cost $50,000, and now they're, what, 500, 5,000? Yeah, exactly. However, there is this to consider, and that is that these wonderful electronic toys, I think at times, constitute the tail wagging the journalistic dog. I have the capability of going live or broadcasting from the, the top of that building, therefore I will. Well, that's one argument. I don't uh, put much stock in it, to be quite honest. Okay. Uh, I think that is something we've lived through and experienced, and that probably is something that new journalists will also live through and experience for years to come. But for the most part, you still want it to be interesting. And after a while, we don't really want to look at the pretty pictures anymore. We want to know what does it mean to me. And that's where the journalist comes in. I hope that that's true, and that I we have really is. reached the point where, in fact, we're not infatuated with pretty pictures, because you know as well as I do that there are many times what you see on TV that, that you, you know that all that compelled that station to provide that coverage was, look at that video! Well, there are times when it's pretty interesting, like when railroad cars are exploding. That's terrific video. Well, that's, that's I <laughs> grant you, that's pretty hard to pass up. You're right. It, it's uh, it's quite true. The future of uh, of newspapers. This could be a brief segment. Well, I I want to believe there'll still be some form of newspapers. Uh, it may be mostly online. I don't know how much of it will still be on ink stock and paper. Uh, but I, you know, now when I get stuff online that I want to read, I tend to print it out. I see it better on I, paper. I agree. I, I like dead trees. Yeah. I mean, I really do. Yeah. And I don't know. But the biggest problem is we aren't able to convert the advertising dollars that support news coverage from the newspaper to the other forms of communication like the Internet. Even Well, that's because newspapers in the beginning, when the Internet first came along, decided, uh, hey, there's something new here called uh, the Internet. Uh, well, hey, why don't we let people see what our news copy is in the, uh, the Daily Gazette, and, and we'll just put it online for free. And then later, someone from the circulation department said, hey, <laughs> subscriptions are down 15%. Well, how could that be? Well, maybe they're getting it free online like you taught them they could. Well, that the, was the dumbest thing that newspapers ever did. The first thing that they lost was classified advertising. 
Mm-hmm. That's what went first to online, uh, which and is that's a huge a big piece of newspaper budget. Huge part of, of revenue for newspapers. You never thought much about it until that happened. Yeah. Then you saw it. And then you have certain kinds of advertising in the newspaper that can't be transmitted to another medium, like full-page ads for furniture dealers, car, automobile dealers. Those sure. are very hard to replicate. Well, sort of the impact is because, let's face it, a phosphor screen is only so big, and if you're looking at a smartphone, a full-page ad is not all that impressive. And and many people could say, uh, if you're an advertiser, why should I pay for a full-page, quote-unquote, when I can buy a little ad, and it's still about the same size on that, that little postage stamp size screen or, or deck-of-card size screen? My hope, Jim, is that enough people will be like me, and I think like you, who will want that piece of paper in front of them and are willing to pay for it. Which reminds me, my subscription for the Champagne News Gazette just came. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're going to be sure to, uh, to renew. Uh, now course, I have to, yes. Well, I think, I think you're pretty much committed now because uh, that's it. They, they've you, heard you say so. Have you picked up a copy of, a, of like the Chicago Tribune away from Chicago? Do you know how much that paper costs today? How much USA Today single copy paper costs? couple of bucks. Yeah, I know. It is expensive. No yeah. question about that. When did that, that happen? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure, but I, I know that it, it uh, was uh, the beginning of the end uh, in, in some respects. It's not going to enhance the sale of newspapers. No, it, it, uh, it absolutely will not. I am proud to live in a country, as I once told a prominent blogger, I'm proud to live in a country where people can blog to their heart's content, one of the the greatest expressions of the First Amendment, the whole spirit of the First Amendment as envisioned by those founding fathers of ours. However, that doesn't mean that I see any reason to read your blog. I'm glad that you're out there and you have the right to be out there, but unless you provide me with one of two things, I'm not going to your blog, either A, you are a really great writer, and you entertain me by your uh, use of the language, or B, I have some reason to believe your credibility. That is to say, I can go to your website and say, I trust this information. And there are certain trusted names that I'll go to. I, I grant you, they tend to be the names of, of old uh, big media outlets, that I, I trust those names. But if it's just uh, Fred and Ethel's Storm Door Company and blog, I'm not going there more than once. Were you surprised that the Supreme Court has taken the social media case to be determined as to people who say things hastily on Facebook or on Twitter? Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Well, to me, it's a really interesting case because, you know, are they practicing journalism or not? And I'm reminded when I took law courses on journalism as a kid in college, that there was a case out of Detroit where a pamphleteer was handing out pamphlets. Uh, I think it had to do with unions and the uh, Detroit automobile industry. And somebody sued him because they thought the information was false. And the Supreme Court said he had the right to be a publisher of that information, even if it was wrong. And that, to me, is what's going to decide the public media case going in now. Well, maybe we should just uh, simply uh, license journalists uh, and let the government give the official sanction to who is or is not a reporter. That would solve everything. Oh, that would be terrific. Wouldn't it? You know? but, but I mentioned that in that context because there are people out there who not only would do that, but they do it 
tomorrow if they could get away with it. Well, you can inspect the quality of that journalism by going very close by to Mexico or to Cuba or to China or to the Soviet Union. There there are many who practice that sort of licensing of journalists. But this, this activity has been tried, and in fact, it has been that long ago that our own Federal Communications Commission very seriously contemplated putting monitors in in newsrooms to see to it that that we were covering the right stuff in the right way i mean who could who could argue with that they only wanted us to be covering stuff the right way and to be good and to be and and to do exactly (laughs) what the bureaucrats wanted us to do now i'm happy to to tell you if you hadn't heard about that that it was absolutely hooted out of the room but i'll tell you this paul davis i never heard the fcc commissioner say Uh, commissioners, plural, say, well, that was a terrible idea. What I heard them say basically was, oh, okay, and and implied was, for now, anyway. You get new players who haven't gone through all of these arguments and tested and found out which ones were false. And so that's going to happen all the time. And the thing about journalism and those who support good journalism is we have to be diligent. And when we see one of those things coming, we have to work hard to head it off. We do, and and again, that requires uh, constant vigilance. And, and I think at this point, it would be wise perhaps to wrap up on on noting the people who, in fact, are in the front lines of this sort of thing. Uh, 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 the uh, First Amendment Center for Freedom of the Press, uh, the Radio, Television, Digital News Association, the Society of Professional Journalists, and the the various uh, newspaper organizations that exist. Uh, There are a lot of organizations out there that labor unsung, and uh, frankly, they deserve to be commended because they are, in some cases, all that stands between us. And what I'll even grant is a well-meaning encroachment on the First Amendment. But the road to hell can be paved with an eight-lane highway. Of good intentions. Of good intentions, precisely. Well, Paul Davis, it's uh, always such a pleasure to Thanks, have you Jim. on. Thank you very, very much. Paul Davis, our, our guest in this portion of the program tonight. And uh, we'll pause ever so briefly on uh, what is America's number one pausing program. And, of course, I'm not entirely sure of what it is that we'll be mentioning in this break, but I can assure you that you should buy half a dozen. We'll be back after these messages. As a home buyer in today's fast-paced real estate market, you need a competitive edge. You need an advantage that helps your offer stand out from the rest. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, president of Quicken Loans, and I'm excited to tell you how to get just the edge you're looking for as a home buyer. This brand new program is called Mortgage First, and it's exclusively from Quicken Loans. With Mortgage First, the name really says it all. Unlike a pre-approval, we'll verify your assets, income, and credit to underwrite you up front, giving you the upper hand on the competition before you even start shopping. As a strong, confident buyer, you can stay focused on finding the right place for you and your family, knowing you're approved by Quicken Loans. To learn more about Mortgage First, call Quicken Loans today at 800-QUICKEN or go to quickenloans.com. That number again is 800-QUICKEN. That's 800-Q-U-I-C-K-E-N. Restrictions apply. Rate terms and conditions may change until final loan approval. This is not an offer to lend. Call us for cost information. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. 
Neil Bortz here for Vision Computers. Attention business owners, IT people. Here's a way to minimize cost, maximize productivity. Vision Computers, a new computer, Intel i3 processor, 4 gigs RAM, 500 gig hard drive, three years parts and labor warranty for only $599. Tech support average hold time, 15 seconds. That's productivity. Visit visioncomputers.com or call 877-9-VISION. 877-9-VISION. 20 years of business excellence. At last, Nexium, the purple pill, is available without a prescription for frequent heartburn. See those women drinking their iced mocha whatevers? Now they have Nexium level protection. That guy struggling to text and eat soup at the same time? Him too. Introducing Nexium 24 Hour, the protection of the number one prescribed acid blocking brand, just without the prescription. New Nexium 24 Hour, Nexium level protection, now in the heartburn aisle. May take one to four days. Use as directed to treat frequent heartburn, not for immediate relief. Nearly 7 million Americans abuse prescription drugs like pain relievers, tranquilizers, and stimulants, and many get them from friends and family. So it's important to keep your prescriptions out of the wrong hands. To help prevent misuse and abuse, never share or borrow medication. Don't store prescriptions in a bathroom cabinet because of humidity. Plus, it gives visitors access to your medicine. Use a dresser drawer or secure storage spot instead. And if you can't find a disposal drop-off site near you, when you throw pills away, pour coffee grinds on top to make it undesirable. You can also apply safe practices to protect your health and safety. Record and understand your own prescription information. Be your own advocate and ask your pharmacist and doctor for help. And always take your medication according to the instructions. When purchasing medications, use trusted sources like your local pharmacy. And if buying online, use VIPs accredited pharmacies. For accredited online pharmacies, drug disposal sites, and more, visit awarerx.org, a public service from the National Association of Boards of Pharmacy Foundation. Well, thank you for being with us on the Jimbo Hannon Show tonight, and uh, we appreciate you joining us as we were uh, we were coming apart at the uh, time, as I recall. And uh, certainly thanks to our guests earlier in the program tonight. Uh, what a pleasure to talk to the lovely uh, Dina Martin in our uh, second hour this past evening. Look back on her career and that of her illustrious father. First hour tonight, Craig Figner, who had joined me 20 years ago this very evening to cover the O.J. Simpson slow speed chase. And in this uh, third hour, uh, Paul Davis veteran journalist of uh, WGN-TV and the Society of Professional Journalists, uh, the uh, Radio Television News Directors Association, back when that was the name, and, uh, and thank you all very much for being with us on uh, the program tonight. If you go to jimbotalk.net, you can uh, click on our poll. Uh, we asked you uh, last week about uh, your alcoholic drinks, uh, how much you consume on an average day, and your choices were uh, one to two drinks, 25%. Uh, three to five drinks, 13% of you. Six to ten drinks, 8%. More than ten drinks, uh, the response was, no, the response was 2%. And uh, uh, by the way, 51% of you are self-proclaimed teetotalers. So now you know. A drink being defined as 12 ounces of beer, an average glass of wine, or one and a half ounces of liquor. This week, we'd like to know about uh, World Cup coverage. To what extent are you watching the World Cup and your choices. I'm watching full matches or I'm watching parts of matches or I check in for a few minutes from time to time or I follow it only through post-match highlights or I have no interest and I'm not watching at all so there. Hmm. And uh, just go to jimbotalk.net. You can click on our poll. We will tell you 
uh, coming up on uh, Monday night, what it was you had to say. Hey, at, uh, at Goff's U.S. Open, did you catch Zach Johnson's performance? True, he finished nine over par, but how many shoot nine over, including a hole-in-one? Not every day, my friends, not every day. From the uh, first Gulf War, remember the Scud Stud? And since you can't recall his name, I'll tell you it's Arthur Kent, who uh, ran for a seat on the Alberta Canada Legislature six years ago. He lost, but now feels vindicated since an attorney has been suspended from practice in Canada. Attorney Christine Robodeau had led a campaign back then which was titled, The Scud Stud is a Dud. Seriously. So that's what they do to uh, people who do that kind of thing in Canada. It was a wonderful urban sharing program, Baltimore's Ride Around the Reservoir program. Folks could borrow a bike and helmet, no charge, although a $5 donation was suggested, and ride around the park. And the program is now gone after 40 bikes were stolen. Welcome to 2014. The Chinese woman says the man was stalking her on a motorcycle, but she figured out how to stop him. She merely stopped and stripped and he stepped on it and got out of there. So many punchlines, so little time. An Iowa City, Iowa woman may have set some kind of record, not that uh, anybody would want it. Stopped by cops, she admitted to having tossed back two entire bottles of whiskey. And she blew a breathalyzer reading, you ready for this? 0.439, which should be high enough to qualify for the regionals, I would think. The great uh, cap dispute is over. Students at Ridgewood High in Norwich, Illinois, have their diplomas. The school had withheld them after students defied a school ban on the practice and went ahead and tossed their graduation caps in the air anyway. We'll come back in a moment on The Bohannon Show and take a look at a dreaded part of summer and what to do about it after these messages. Buying a car can be a stressful experience. Well, TrueCar.com is changing car buying forever. TrueCar.com helps car buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. Last month, over 45,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network, and TrueCar.com users saved an average of $3,046 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what other people paid for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. And the third step is simple. Just print out your TrueCar savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Every day, TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Save time, save money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com. That's TrueCar.com today. Ladies and gentlemen, Captain Obvious. If you're carrying emotional baggage, that's not considered a carry-on, so you won't have to pay extra. If a dog pees on your sandcastle, I'd start a new sandcastle. If you want to spend less on a hotel, keep listening by utilizing your ears. Get up to 30% off hotels during the 4th of July sale. Hurry and book by July 4th for travel by July 9th. Hotels.com, the obvious choice. Geico Motorcycle presents Reflections from the Road. Every time I rev my engine down an open stretch of road, I'm glad I switched to Geico Motorcycle Insurance. Because nothing feels better than saving money with Geico. Except maybe the time I saved a life. A squirrel's life. Gave that little feller mouth to mouth, and then he bit me. 
On second thought, saving money with GEICO probably feels better. GEICO Motorcycle Insurance. See how much you could save. Really? No way. Hey, I'm Eric from Sam Adams, here to get craft beer drinkers' reaction as they secretly taste Sam Adams' Boston Lager. It's got a good body. It's got a great taste. It's very smooth. I, I like that. You think you've had this beer before? No. This is Sam Adams' Boston Lager. Sam Adams! Like, <laughs> that was good. Yes. Say Sam Adams. That's easy to drink. It's tasty. It's a very flavorful, drinkable beer. Smooth, but it does have flavor. I love a Boston Lager. What this test did is it put Sam Adams back on the map for me. Boston Beer Company, Boston Mass, St. Louis, Boston at last, Nexium, the purple pill, is available without a prescription for frequent heartburn. See those women drinking their iced mocha whatevers? Now they have Nexium level protection. That guy struggling to text and eat soup at the same time? Him too. Introducing Nexium 24 Hour, the protection of the number one prescribed acid blocking brand, just without the prescription. New Nexium 24 Hour, Nexium level protection, now in the heartburn aisle. May take one to four days. Use as directed to treat frequent heartburn, not for immediate relief. And the latest issue of Men's Health Magazine is an article called... Banish the Bloodsuckers. And no, editor Greg Stebbin is not talking about vampires or the tax man, but rather... Mosquitoes. Yeah, and it's their time of year. Among the steps recommended at menshealth.com, step one, stage a drought. Looking everywhere in your yard that the tiniest pool of water can be found, even in, say, a bottle cap. Step two, don't let the skeeters recycle. Some people have recycling bins with a lid, like your garbage can. Some people have recycling bins that are just open. If your recycling bin is just open, that means it's collecting water at the bottom of the recycling bin. So we actually recommend if you have an open recycling bin, drill holes in the bottom. Which also goes for what you put in the recycling bin. If you're throwing uh, soda and beer bottles away, make sure they're empty. Don't put them in there with liquid because, again, you're just inviting mosquitoes to come and breed. That's right. Mosquitoes which have been drinking beer are much more promiscuous. Step three to banish the bloodsuckers is stink them out. Not so much with citronella candles, which only block mosquitoes for about a five-foot radius. There's uh, scented torches that are designed to ward mosquitoes off. Those will work. They give off more smoke. Therefore, they have a, a bigger barrier area where they will protect you. And step four, blow away the skeeters with a fan. Mosquitoes are actually pretty weak flyers, and if the fan is strong enough, it'll prevent the mosquitoes from even entering the zone. And if you must catch mosquitoes by hand... Mosquitoes and flies, it's an interesting phenomenon, but they are looking for air disturbance around them. And so if one lands and then you open your hands over it as if you're getting ready to clap that air disturbance will attract it up and draw it right between your hands, bam, it's gone, it's dead. We only ask that you please wash your hands before you stick your hands back in the chip. Good point. And that is how menshealth.com banishes the bloodsuckers. And if they go over to the neighbor's yard as a result, well, shame on them. They didn't read the article. Well, there, absolutely true. All right, that wraps up the Bohannon Show tonight. Coming up uh, next evening, uh, former Agriculture Secretary and Congressman Dan Glickman to talk about the Bipartisan Policy Center's Citizens for Political Reform Initiative. Actually, that's uh, something you need to know about. 
And uh, we want to thank very much our uh, producer back in Washington, Al Smith, engineer Bill Pimble, and here at uh, WDWS Radio in Champaign, Illinois, Mike Hale, uh, Ed Bond, Carol Varell, Paul Davis, and a host of uh, wonderful people who have made the show entirely probable, if not possible. And as for me, well, it's just Jim Bohannon, and this is Westwood One. Whether you're just starting out, tired of renting, or purchasing your dream 